Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? I have something a little different that I want to talk with you about today, and it involves how to train for an upcoming whatever you have. Maybe it's an event, maybe it's a um, maybe it's a trip, maybe it's an adventure, whatever you have coming up, how to train in a slightly different manner than we're often taught to be or do. So thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to chatting. Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. So over the years, when I've worked with clients, what I've noticed is that if someone comes to me with a training plan, we always have these plans that, that tell us where to start and you know where to end, right? Like week one, week two, week three, week four, and where you're supposed to be along the way and, and all of that. And it, the truth is, is that for years, that's how I trained people to do the MS-150, which is a bike race from Houston to Austin, which is about 160 five miles and um, it's two days. And we just always followed the plan. Like this is where you start and this is where you finish. And this was what, you know, you need to do. And it worked. I mean, people finished, people did it, but there was this inordinate amount of people who once they finished it, never got on that bike again. <laughs> I mean, it was like done. Like if you want to get a good bike, then you, you know, you wait until the week after MS-150 and you look on Craigslist. Like it was clockwork. And I always wondered when we were doing that, why, like, why didn't people continue after they'd done that big, you know, it was a big accomplishment. Why didn't they continue? And a lot of times it was because they'd hit the point where it wasn't any fun. Things were hurting. They're, they were hurting all over. Their neck was bothering them or whatever it was, right? And they had accomplished something, but they hadn't like finished it feeling awesome. And now when I work with clients these days and I want to get like, they say, Hey, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. I've learned that we work backwards. We, we take the event, we take the activity, we take the adventure, whatever it is. And then we work backwards with it because when we do that, we can allow for a lot of changes. We can allow for a lot of um, shifting of workouts and shifting of schedules than just giving somebody a schedule and saying, okay, you know, by the end of this week, you need to be doing eight miles or you need to be doing 80 miles or whatever it is, right? So I would love to share a little bit about how I actually do that and see if it might help you if you've got something coming up that you'd like to train for. So the first thing I do is figure out what it is that they're training for right? And, and it could just be, hey, I'd like to be able to go do a 20 mile hike in December, and it's now September, whatever it is, it could be or it could be I plan on going to Yosemite and doing Yosemite Falls hike. Um, you know, it just doesn't really matter what it is, just know that you're going to be doing something. Then look at what that something is going to look like. And what I mean by that is, 
what's your train going to be like? What's your elevation going to be like? What's your temperature is going to be like? Like, what are all the things that, you know, go into that particular activity adventure that you want to do? Like, what's it really going to look like? And it, it will give you two things. One of them, it gives you a place that you need to, that you know, you need to get to. So we know how to train for that. But it also takes away some of the unknown. And when you can take away the unknown, you take away the fear. I had a client a few years ago who did triathlons and she did um, a lot of bike rides. And it was so strange because, <laughs> I mean, she knew what I was going to ask her. <laughs> like clockwork, I asked her this every time. She would say, hey, I want to train for X. I'd be like, great. What's it going to be like? What's your, you know, what are your hills? What are, what's your terrain? You know, what do we need to be prepared for? And every time she'd be like, oh, I forgot to look. And I'm like, well, if you don't look and you don't know, two things are going to happen. One of them is you're going to train inappropriately. You could be overtrained or you might train for hills and have it be flat or really what happens more often is train for flat and have it be hilly. Like, you gotta, you've gotta know what's going to, what you're, what you're coming up to, right? And then the other thing is, is that it's going to determine what we choose. Like it's going to determine the kind of actions that we take, like the MS150 training I was talking about before. Even though it was cookie cutter to a large degree, one of the things that we always said was like, you know, by week three, you need to be training for wind or by week six, you need to be training for trail uh, hills or something. Right. So there were always those those things that because we knew what was out there. When you know what's out there, it makes it so much simpler. It makes it so much less really scary, actually, because a lot of times when you don't really know what's coming up, you get this, there's this worry, right? There's this worry in your head. Like the first time you do a trail or the first time you do a ride or whatever it is, you don't, if you haven't really paid attention, you don't know what's happening or you don't know what's going to happen. And then the next time you know what's coming up. So you can find all this information. All right. It's all out there. There's one thing the web's done for us is that there's information. If you're doing a race, then just go look at, you know, last year's race or the year before race, or if they haven't held it in a couple of years because of COVID, go look at three years ago and you're going to find the routes. You're going to find, um, if you're doing a hike, you're going to be able to find all the elevation, everything about it. I mean, there's so much information out there. You are more it's more possible that you'll end up spending way too much time finding out information than not doing it at all. But just give yourself a few minutes and study it. Know. And also, know what your temperature is going to be like. Okay? Um, years ago, I did a skate race. And it was in the south. It was in Georgia. Um, and it was a race that people came to from all over the world. And so... It's in, I think it was in September. September in the South is going to be hot, right? But people came from other places and they never even thought about it. I was talking to like the guys from the German um, team that were there that morning and they were all like so concerned because they didn't expect it to be as hot as it was. And it was really like only about 80 degrees. But when you're coming from where they were and training the way they had trained, they weren't used to it. And it gave me 
a huge advantage because, you know, I had trained throughout the summer and I knew it was going to be hot for them. It was a huge disadvantage. So, so just that, like that one little thing of paying attention to what the temperatures could be is a game changer. Um, other things, you know, you want to know like what the terrain's going to be like. And, and that's just, it determines what you're going to be wearing. It determines what you're going to be um, wearing on your feet. It determines if you're going to be, if you're on a hike, if you're going to be taking poles, like if you're going to be, let's just use a hike as a, for instance, let's say you're going to train for a hike, big hike. Maybe you're going to, you're going somewhere for a week and you're going to hike every day. Well, as long as you know that there's a lot of elevation there and that you're going to be using your poles, you're going to extrapolate out of that, that you're going to also have to do a lot of upper body work too, because you want your arms fresh and happy. Not like, <laughs> like some people I've seen, which have, you know, with the terrible triceps the day after a long downhill. So, so these are just like little things to know, but they make a big difference in how you're going to train. Okay. So think about those. Um, it's about prep. Okay. It's just about being prepared, having a foundation, being prepped. Um, Something else in that, and then, okay, let me say this. I like to break it into three pieces. However much time we have, please, please tell me you've got more than six weeks, but however much time you have, if you break it into three pieces, then we've got three different phases to work within. So now we're, we're in phase one, which is all about preparation and foundation. So when you're doing phase one, the next thing you want to do is you want to start taking action. You want to start getting out there. You, let's say you're going to go on a hike. You want to start hiking. You want to start taking some time. You want to start, like, you want to have some trails prepped. Have, have a list of, you know, three trails that you know that you can go to and work out on. So you're not always looking for something new. You don't need new. You just need to have something consistent that you can work with. So you're going out and what you're going to be paying attention to as much as anything else is your body. You're going to be paying attention. How does your body feel? Is there anything bothering you? Is there, you know, are your feet hurting you? Are your ankles bothering you? Like, is there anything twitching out? Is there, you know, do you notice that your right shoulder has been kind of bothering you when you carry water on your back? Like you want to pay attention to these things now, because if you fix them at the beginning, then you're golden. If you wait until the third month to try and fix them, you're probably going to be in, you're probably not going to have as much fun as you'd like to have. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. So take care of the, take care of your body right away. Okay. Take care of the things that aren't feeling good. Take care of, you know, anything that might be rubbing, like get to know things like one of my friends, um, she used to get these terrible whelps from her sports bra. And she would go out and she'd just have these awful welts every time she went out on sport, like whatever, we were doing a hike and she had a day pack on and she, her sports bra would rub and she, she tried different sports bras and it was just always awful. And finally she tried those uh, bras that have like, I don't even know what they're made out of. They look like they're made out of rubber, but they have zero seams. Like it's just this thing that you slip on zero seams. Now she's fine. So like pay attention to those things because they really will put a um, dent in how much fun you're having on whatever it is that you're doing. So the next thing is on that, now we're just going to talk about straight up how to train. So that first month or that first uh, phase is about foundation. So you're going to be, if you've got something coming up, that's going to be a 20 mile hike, then you want to start, you know, doing a few, a few short hikes during the week. 
and maybe a longer hike on the weekend. And when I say short and long, it really depends on where you're starting from. Okay. But like maybe short is going out for 45 minutes or for a half an hour. Um, long might be going out for two hours. Like you're not trying to kill yourself in that first phase. Okay. All you're doing is acquiring a base, just a base, a foundation for your body. That's it. Um, and you probably in that first phase, you're probably carrying, you know, carrying a water, right? Make sure that by the end of that first phase, you have a backpack, um, not a backpack, a day pack, something that you're going to be able to carry your water in. And I'm kind of talking right now as if we're talking about a hike. The same thing works for a bike ride too, um, especially if it's a longer bike ride. So have something that you can carry your water in because the next month we're going to be increasing um, weight and we're going to be increasing our speed because those are the two things that will make a huge difference in the end. So start on phase two or month two by carrying extra water, maybe putting extra weight in your pack, your day pack, um, whatever it is, like a little bit more than you would normally. Let's say uh, the way I usually work at it is I say, okay, how long am I going to be out there? Okay. I can give you a, for instance, at the retreat, we've got a hike that's going to be about three to four miles. I mean, three to four hours. So I know that. And I know that it, it's going to be warm. In general, it shouldn't be really hot, but it's going to be warm. So I'm going to say to be safe, everybody should have three liters of water would be nice, but probably overkill. Two liters is probably great. So you start training with three liters. And the reason for that is that that is about six and a half, I think it's about 6.6 pounds. So you're training with a little bit more than you're going to carry at the end. Uh, then you add a few more things. So by, you know, the end of month two, you're carrying, a, maybe you're carrying 12 pounds in your day pack, or let's say 10 pounds in your day pack. And you know that on that day that you go out and do whatever you're going to be doing, you're probably only going to be carrying six to eight pounds or six to seven pounds, but you've overtrained, you've overweighted yourself so that it becomes easier. Okay. It's easier when you now are trained for heavier weight and you're carrying less. Another thing is that you want to increase your speed because speed is, even if you're not trying to do something fast, speed gives you an advantage because you can always go slower. But if you haven't trained for faster, then it's going to be hard to go faster. So the way you increase your speed is simply through intervals. And intervals in my world can be as simple as mm, a few minutes of warm up. Let's say you warm up for five minutes and then you go out and you, I'm going to give you an example of what I would do so that it's easy for you to understand. So in the back of my house, we live in a bayou. There's a road that goes down to the bayou. It takes me about a minute, roughly, to kind of saunter down that road, taking my time. If I turn around at the bottom and I hightail it back up, it's probably about 20 seconds, 25 seconds at the most. Um, and that's, you know, pumping the arms. It's, it's full out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm acting like I'm being chased by the hounds of hell, right? Then when I get to the top, turn around and I saunter back down. And I'll do that anywhere from five to 10 times, just depending upon, you know, what my training schedule calls for. 
But by doing that, so it's basically slow fast, usually about a, um, about a one to, or one minute to about 20, 25 seconds, give or take, that will allow you to start speeding up. And just, I can give you a, a kind of a story, I guess, a story. One of my clients, she's a cyclist and she's working on getting faster. And I asked her to start doing these kind of things. And what she's doing is she basically goes out, she rides her bike for a minute, it's fat, or pretty easy, I'm sorry, for, pretty easy for about a minute. Then for 30 seconds, she rides as hard as she can, and then back down to a minute, easy, 30 seconds. And she's doing that twice a week. And she'd only been doing it for maybe a month when one day I get a text from her and she sent me her stats. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look at my speed. And her speed had increased quite a bit, I don't know, 20%, something like that. And it happens when you do this kind of interval thing. So, so just, and, and that's a technical term in case you're wondering, the interval thing, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so just use that, all right? Use that in, in your second phase, your second month or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing some speed work. Make sure you're carrying a little bit more weight, like, like pushing it. Um, the other thing that you would wanna do on that second month is start putting in a little bit of strength, a little bit of strength training. It can just be simple body weight, right? Simple body weight training, but that's going to work on your legs. Let's just say overall, okay? Just a little overall training. One of my favorite sites to get information from, if you don't have a good training plan, it is, um, it's called Dare B. It's just like D-A-R-E, B-E-E, and I will put it in the show notes. But Dare B is this, crazy like i don't know who who's behind this but they are astronomically amazing in that they put together all these different um training plans it can be a little overwhelming really truly it can be a lot overwhelming so just like you might want to dial it back a little bit drop in there just get a training plan for a you know a eight mile hike or whatever it is you're doing and just do some some body weight because it will matter in the end so then, now we're into a, to phase three or month three, whichever it is for you. At this time, you've been training for speed. You've been training for weight. You could continue to do training for speed and weight the first week, maybe two weeks. But at that point, you want to start dialing it back, okay? You want to start taking it back a little bit. In the end, what you really want to do is make sure that by that week before whatever it is that you're doing, that is your rest week. All you're going to do on a rest week is go out and relax and, you know, maybe do a little saunter here and there, but you can't, <laughs> you can't train two weeks before you can't train for something the week of, it just won't work. Like our bodies aren't designed that way. And I've seen people try it too many times and it's so much easier if you just give yourself the opportunity to just kind of like take it easy the week before and slide into whatever it is that you're going to do. That is a really, really, really abbreviated version of this whole working backwards for your training. And I realize that I've gone on a bit more than I usually do today, but I would just like you to think about just the things that I talked about, okay? Like find whatever it is that you're going to train for. Know what the elevation is going to be. Know what the temperatures are going to be. Know what, you know, know what, know what it's going to be like. Don't go into it blind have some knowledge, then break your training into three months. Don't just go 
go out and get a training schedule off the web. It, it never will. It's not, it's not tailored to you. And what we're doing right now is we're trying to make this super tailored to you in an easy sort of way. So break it into three pieces. That first month, pay attention to your body. Just pay attention and make sure that you work with anything that's not feeling good, that you work it out. You use your trigger balls, you use your mobility, you, you know, you do all the stuff that I always talk about, but, but work it out early. Don't try and fix it the month before you're going somewhere. And then in that second month, you want to add some, add some weight, add some, um, speed, like, you know, step it up third month or third phase. You can go a little bit longer in there, step it up a little bit more, make sure that you've got some speed work happening and then start dialing everything back slower workouts, uh, less weight, just like bring it all back and give yourself the week before the opportunity to do some resting. Okay. And I will have a lot of this information in the show notes. If you've got questions, drop me a note. If you happen to be listening to this when it goes live, check with me. We might have a space left on the retreat and I will make sure that we get you warmed up and ready to go. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality, and feeling great you can have, go to my website, fitisfreedom.com And on the homepage, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass, plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.